The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. Oh, good morning, everyone. It's really good to see you. And, uh, and it's a wonderful, intimate little group. It's uh, really, really quite nice. Um, yesterday, I was thinking to myself that uh, I thought that this would be such a strange sort of situation. I haven't done it, so I've been in front of Ren with the Zendo actually in a setting where we uh, for so long. Been, uh, since the last time it was over two years ago, I remember that. As I remember, Faison um, and I were uh, doing karaoke as I was in, just prior to uh, um, the closing down of everything. And so this is my first time back. And yet, seems like I was just here yesterday. Um, and it is really wonderful. I kind of thought it that I would be. Uh, I had all these scenarios going on in my head, and uh, I was thinking that, uh, oh, this would be so strange and so uncomfortable, and uh, and yet it's not like I had thought it would be. Uh, it's uh, completely different, uh, as most things in my life tend, tend to be, uh, not what I had expected. I and I'm saying, oh well, gosh, you know, years ago I used to pose at the uh, Art Students League and, uh, uh, as a life model, and it was easier to uh, to do that in front of 50 people than to sit here in a Dharma talk. And yet, I don't feel that way today. <laughs> so things have changed, and uh, actually, uh, so much of my Dharma talk seems to have changed since uh, since yesterday. Um, but um, one of the things that uh, I noticed, have noticed lately in myself in particular, and just in general, is how we all want to be safe, secure. We want to be certain about things. We want everything to be nailed down, and everything to be pleasant. And yet, after practicing uh, Zen for um, the years that I have in the, uh, in the sitting zaz, and um, I know the only thing that I can really uh, rely on is not knowing, impermanence, and change. Those are the things that I really know are going to happen. The rest of it is like actually just kind of um, wishes that I have. I would love things to be perfect and just everything would be so nice. Every day when I get up in the morning, I'm met with some sort of bump in the road. The world economy, war, strife, elections, you name it. There's all kinds of things that meet me when I'm looking at the, uh, I usually get up and, well actually, uh, my wife looks at the, uh, news right off the bat, and she tells me all about it. I, I try to avoid that first thing in the morning, but she, anyway, she tells me. Um, and other, you know, I have other distracting occurrences that take place all during the day. 
right now my wife and I are in the process of uh, purchasing a condo and there seems to be this never-ending flow of requests from the bank. They want to know everything about my finances. And uh, I have to come up with answers for them. Sometimes it's overwhelming and I, not when I notice it. And I feel lost and bogged down in the mud and it's hard to get uh, go forward again. Uh, but eventually I do. In my world, I'm supposed to be strong. Error-free. I don't make mistakes. And if I do, I certainly am going to hide them. I'm not going to let anybody know about that. And, uh, and, and not show any sign of stress or worry. Uh, you know, that is just not something that is uh, acceptable. And I learned that very well from my mother. My mother taught me well. An example of that is, um, when I was about 10 years old, she came down with appendicitis. And you would not have known it. You would never have known she uh, was in pain, that it was bothering her at all. And uh, um, eventually, when I got to where she couldn't take it anymore, she decided to go to the doctor and they had to put her in the hospital and she never died. She just was not going to let anybody know that she couldn't carry on. And the first time I remember. Not anything quite like that, but uh, the first time I'm really affected by the idea of how things have to be perfect and uh, how I can't um, uh, show these things uh, was uh, when I was in the first grade and learning mathematics. Um, as I remember, I worked hard to learn to do adding and subtracting, and, and I felt that I, I, you know, I felt and I was very confident that I knew it very, very well. I mean, no problem. And when it came time to take the test, I was ready. And uh, when I got the test back, I was completely surprised. Um, because what I got back was, um, I only got 70%, maybe 75% of the things right. And I remember feeling heartbroken and angry. And, uh, it, uh, it wasn't what I, I had expected or wanted to wanted to have happen, and so you know I carried on from that. And yet I had this happen over and over again. And eventually I got to the point where I just gave up. I said, "What's the point of trying?" You know, it's just I distress the uh, uh, the fear of failure was just. Too much for me to take as a child, and so I, I just, and, and this has carried on through my life. I, I, when I get stressed, I back off and I hide. And uh, so, and so I did this. Thing. I, I did back off and I not do my homework. I didn't do homework. I didn't do homework. I didn't read. I didn't do anything. My, uh, my reaction to the test taking has been with me all, my, all of my life. And when I left high school, I had a D average. And I'm not sure that I didn't really deserve an F average. I'm surprised I got out of high school. But despite all that, I've done pretty, I've done pretty well in life. Uh, actually, looking at my life, I've, it's been pretty good. Um, and it's really funny because uh, I worked in the plumbing trade. And the one thing that had put me in this, you know, this incident was mathematics. And yet, 
when I was plumbing, I had to learn geometry. So I taught myself geometry, and I used it nearly every day. It's kind of a, one of those things that uh, you need to have when you're plumbing, especially when you're doing construction. And uh, I found that I really enjoyed it. I like doing geometry, to my surprise. So I did learn math in the end. And uh, this practice has helped me to be aware of my suffering. As a suffering, uh, you know, as, uh, I sit and I'm aware of all these things that go on. And Zazen is really helpful for uh, looking at all of these different layers. And I've heard it said that uh, it's like peeling off layers of an onion. Now, uh, there are times, and as, actually as of late, that I've felt that it's more like being flayed. Um, and, I, and I don't think that I'm alone in this. I think that a lot of people feel that way too. And so when you start peeling off the layers, there's some real discomfort in that. And I, uh, I think, uh, and I feel very deeply, uh, very compassionate for the suffering and the doubt and the insecurity that so many people have. I, it really can bring tears to my eyes. And actually the other day I just broke down. I couldn't really, uh, it was just too much. And uh, today I kind of feel a little bit of that uh, too. People suffer so much because they want, thing, they want that security. They want things to be perfect. From my point of view, what is going on in the US is a sense of insecurity in a lot, a lot of ways. We all have, our, uh, have a view of what is per a perfect society and a perfect country and a perfect world and what that would be. How many times I heard this? In a perfect world, things would be this way or that way. And as my sister used to say, um, she was much older than I, but uh, back in the 60s, um, if, I had been, if I was given the power, I could fix the country and then I'd give it back. <laughs> she, was, she, she was always certain she could fix these things. Loved my sister. And all of this revolves around clinging to the past or having, uh, having uh, how we uh, imagine the future will be. Not saying, uh, seeing how good things are right at this moment. And it really is. Right this moment, this is beautiful. And I'm really enjoying speaking. I've been looking at a koan from the Blue Crest, uh, Blue, sorry about that, uh, Blue Crest Record, case six. Yunmin's every day is a good day. Yunmin said, I don't ask about before the 15th day, try to say something after the 15th day. Yuman himself answered by, uh, for everyone, every day is a good day. And I think he's saying, don't dwell on the past, don't uh, try to fantasize what the future is going to be, but be in the present, be right now. Don't get caught up in, oh my God, what's coming next? but appreciate what our lives are at this very moment. They're so precious. And actually, like I said right now, is everything is just so beautiful. 
Bokashu has been so kind to me. And uh, I have to say that he has. He's been very, very kind to me. And I appreciate it. And um, anyway, where am I? Um, every moment is filled with all kinds of experiences. And in my uh, mind, some are pleasant and some aren't. But if I don't discriminate, if I don't look this way or that way, and just deal with each experience as it comes up, then things are much easier and actually they're not bad at all. My life is still complicated, but I can handle it. I can, I can go for, and I can deal with it as it comes. But if I try to, if I go with those fantasies like I had yesterday, uh, my God, I wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be hiding someplace in the corner probably. As I said earlier, uh, and I'm in the process of buying a condo in addition to having medical tests done, I didn't say that, but anyway, I'm having medical tests done um, as of late. And um, when I can fo focus on each one, each of them, one by one, as, the, as they come up on the documents, the bag requests, which seem endless and sch uh, scheduling the do doctor's appointments, then it's all quite easy. It's really not hard at all. These, these days are good days. But when I start worrying about the, what's coming in the future, then anxiety sets in and I want to avoid all of it. I really want to just find some place to hide somehow or just drop it as I used to do in the past. Exa one of the examples, an example of one of my good, really good days is when, I, uh, when I'm really present and aware is when I working at the potter's wheel. I begin with wedging the clay, which is kind of kneading it. The process starts to come into focus. Slapping the clay down on the wheel, I feel the contact of the clay to the wheel and of my hands. Centering the clay, the clay and I are all there is, and there's nothing else that enters my mind. My mind is completely clear. I have an idea of what I intend to make, say a tea bowl, a vase, maybe a plate, something like that. Could be all kinds of things, but uh, but with no expectations of how it will turn out. I don't really expect that it's going to be one way or another. I know that from experience that it could come out and could be another lump of clay for uh, at the end. And that feeling of uh, not having expectations is very wonderful feeling, very much how I feel when doing Zaza and coming to the Zafu with no expectations. How different that is from my experience with math and filling out bank forms at times. Staying in the presence for any length of time, I find really difficult. It comes and it goes. My mind keeps feeding me reasons to worry. But doing this practice makes it easier over time to stay present. I remember when I first started my practice, I wasn't sure what being present and being aware were. It was, very, it was very foreign to me and, and couldn't grasp what that would be like. 
Looking back, I realize how powerful the mind is and how easy it is to think the concepts are the real world. And I really did. I thought the concepts were it. Um, they were just descriptions of what really exists, uh, it, concrete uh, ideas. Okay. With that in mind, then every day becomes, with being aware of that, um, every day becomes a really good day if I'm aware of it. My idea of perfection are based on what I acquired on, my, on the journey of my life with my parents, friends, society, what they told me, what I should accept as valuable and what to do and not to do, what to appreciate and uh, what, uh, what to appreciate and not appreciate, what was appropriate and not appropriate. These ideas were absolute. They were in stone. The ideas were, um, with, there was no freedom at all, no wiggle room, no taking into account any particular situation, whether it made any sense or not. Having fixed unquestionable ideas of perfection can lead to great pain for ourselves and others. There's nothing wrong with setting high standards, but these standards have to be looked at in, in, uh, in each situation as, as they arise and endeavor to choose um, to pursue. I'm getting confused again. What happens? Anyway, um, and, and choose which, what is the way to actually pursue these different uh, things that arise. Um, not be, have them set in stone because all of a sudden you're in chains and can't, really can't um, react appropriately. And I've been reading a book by uh, Beth Kempton, uh, which is called Wabi Sabi. And in that, there's a description of a potter by the name of uh, Makiko Hastings. And uh, this, she describes how she strives to improve the form of her craft whatever without ever expecting to attain absolute perfection. She knows that imperfection is the true nature of things. So she works at edging closer to the best she can do and be without a false expectation of where she will end up. And I find that really, really beautiful. Um, and it had, uh, Actually, before when I was talking about pottery, that's how I was how I feel about it. I, I come to it with no expectation, and it is so easy. You know, if I goof up and it falls apart, everything's fine. I'll just start over again. Actually, one of the things I uh, a quote that I like uh, from Winston Churchill that uh, comes comes up, and I may have said it before, but uh, he said, uh, "Success." is going from one failure to another without losing um, enthusiasm. And, you know, 
I remember, you know, back in the day when I was a, a child doing um, the uh, mathematics, I had lost my enthusiasm. And that's why I pretty much went into hiding, um, so to speak. But this practice has made me aware that you make mistakes, you fall down, you get back up again over and over and over. And sometimes it's not easy, and sometimes it is. But you still get up over and over and over and face the day. And I think this is what Yunman is saying about, uh, saying about having a good day. It's not before or after the 15th. It's right this very instant, right now. When I was younger, I would often sit on the cliffs overlooking the Pacific Ocean. And I did this quite often. The waves breaking on the uh, rocks below, never to see that again. Never again will I see that particular wave hit that rock. It was in that moment of con a constant change that I first became aware of the good day. It was a good day while I was sitting there and that was just me and the waves and the rocks and the ocean. And that awareness comes and goes like the tide. Thank you. <laughs>